Hiya, and welcome to another episode of The Jewel Case with me, John Darcy. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, we, recently with The Jewel Case, we've moved to a more uh, on-off sort of format. It's not weekly like it used to be. Uh, I'm trying to work out what the schedule's going to be like, but basically at the moment, um, before I define whether it's going to be monthly or bi-monthly or fortnightly or h- however I, I manage to, to make it work, we're going to stick with uh, if something cool is happening, then I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> There's lots of cool things happening that I won't be able to talk about. Um, but for the moment, if cool things are happening and people ask me to do a little episode or I feel like uh, it's something I want to talk about, then we'll do a little episode of The Jill Case to talk about it. Um, we are based in Belfast and the surrounding area, Lisburn, Bangor, uh, Downpatrick, just, just around sort of Antrim and Down. So any sort of interesting arts and cultural events, um, if you would like your event uh, featured on The Jill Case, uh, please let me know, John Darcy. You can contact me on Twitter at underscore John Darcy or give me an email, uh, John Darcy Music at gmail.com. So today I have got the band back together. I have got the microphone set up in the room. We are in the Sonic Arts Research Centre in Belfast at Queen's University. And I am talking to a current PhD student here at the Sonic Arts Research Centre doing uh, lots of work in the field of uh, performance art and uh, apparently now musicology. It's Una Lee. Hi, Una, how are you doing? Hello, thanks for having me, John. (laughs) You are more than welcome. And this is not your first time on the podcast, is it? No, it's not. Uh, I've been on it last year, probably, with Tristan Clutterbuck talking about the sound art series that happened in PS Squared. Oh, Gallery. that's right. Was that last year? Yeah, last summer. Oh, that was so long ago, but it feels so recent in my head. Oh, God, no, it feels like a decade ago. <laughs> and how did that go in the end? It went all well. Yeah, um, yeah there were bits I couldn't oversee. Oh, that's right, because yeah. I, I had an event on for that. Yeah. I, I had one of my little um, uh, choir events on, yeah. and, and you weren't even... There for it. No, I'm sorry. How, how did that go? <laughs> it went really good. Yeah, actually, the people who <laughs> right. were there really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I think. I think. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. they were just acting like they enjoyed it and then left with a grimace on their face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did see the photos, and yeah, it looked like it was a good event. You know, I'm actually looking at the Jewel Case website right now, thejewelcase.johndarcy.com, where people can listen to all the old episodes, the archive. I think this is episode 51. The last episode oh. was with uh, Koichi Samuels and Liam McCartan talking about right. their Resist Techno Night. You know those guys, right? Yeah, been there. Um, <laughs> but our one that we did was like episode 30. Yeah. Way back in August 2016, you're right. Episodes ago. That event Good. was a great success, but you have another event coming up. It's We're recording this on uh, Tuesday the 9th of May, mm-hmm. but your event is actually taking place on Thursday the 18th of May. Yeah. So it's next week, depending yes. on when you listen to this. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Undocumented Tale of Dr. G. Yes. Or The Undocumented Doc. The under oh, sorry, <laughs> the undocumented tale of Doctor G. Yes. <clears throat> so I'm just on the Facebook page for the event, and the description says the undocumented tale of Doctor G is a music theatre piece that tells the story of a composer who's been buried in history for almost a century. So this event is unearthing music by a composer who nobody knows about. Yeah, can say that. Yes. Well, there were eight people who 
or still alive, whether they are now, I'm not sure, uh, who had direct contact with him. And uh, but this goes into the 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 origin of the story, so we should I should probably save it for a bit later. Yes, so Dr. G was a composer, but we'll get stuck into his story mm-hmm. and how you yeah. sort of unearthed that and put this show together. But mm-hmm. we'll give everyone up front all the details about mm-hmm. the concert. It's on the 18th of May, Thursday, and the venue is Sonic Arts Research Centre, mm-hmm. where we're recording this today. It's in the Sonic Lab, amazing space if you've never been there. It has like four levels of sound. Um, it's an amazing technological space, but also a really nice place to just go to any sort of concert. It's really nice acoustics because you can like dampen the walls or you can make it more lively. Yada, yada, yada. It takes place at 7.30 p.m. And uh, oh no, it's ca- forecasted for rain showers, apparently, according to Facebook, <laughs> which means it's perfect well, time yes, to get exactly. out of the rain yeah. and go into, into the Sonic Lab. Cozy, dry <laughs> Sonic Lab. So in terms of it's it says a it's 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 called a musical theater piece well, on no, the description. A music theater. Oh, a music. Please. Yes. <laughs> What's the difference <laughs> between music theater and musical theater? Sorry. What's the difference between oh, music theater and mus- musical theater? Musical theater would be a musical. Oh, like jazz like, hands. Yeah, like Hello Dolly type of. <laughs> Love that that was your first example. <laughs> Hello Dolly. I've been singing the tune this this morning. Do you know <laughs> that I was actually in Hello Dolly in school? Right. What did you? <laughs> okay. What did you do? What are I, you doing? I was Cornelius. Okay. Yeah, do you know him? Yeah, not personally. Not Barbara Streisand's <laughs> part. Right. The other part. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do. Yes. So it's music theater. Yes. So does that mean more theater. like it's theater that involves music? Yeah. I mean, whatever music theater usually would mean to people. I mean, it's it's a it's a very ambiguous term altogether. Really, I think. Um, but I thought I'll call this a music theater because it's uh, it's uh, it, I guess it's more of a theater that has music in mm. it, even though it's about a composer and it's about the music actually. But uh, the show, you know, it has narrative and narration and a little bit of theatrical elements. So that's why I put the theater after music. <laughs> It's a music (laughs) theatre. And in terms of the actual music performance, Mm -hmm. you have reconstructed the scores of Dr. G. And you'll you'll tell us about that in Mm -hmm. a bit. You've done that with Gavin Pryor. And you'll tell us about him in a little bit. I feel like this is a whole ad for the podcast (laughs) as we do it. Um, But these scores are actually being performed by the Cube Ensemble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Q-U? Q-U-B. A mm-hmm. cube, yeah. uh, which is an experimental ensemble. Well, you you can tell our listeners about who they are and what they do. Yeah, cube is an well an, an experimental ensemble, also improvising ensemble that is uh, fluid in members. Uh, it's it's partly it's partly educational group as well, and uh, it changes. It's uh, every year new members can join and people also can stay in. Uh, mostly consists of the students of of SARC here, whether undergrad or postgraduate students. And also it's open to people from outside to join by invitation. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this this year we have this term, actually. We had uh, five amazing musicians that were willing to put up with me (laughs) for this project. (laughs) Are you your musical director then, I take it? 
I kind of ended up being <laughs> that, I think. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. So it's Patrick Moore, Christian McGurran, Ashley McCormick, Ellen Fluge, and Ryan Watt, five very talented and passionate people that I'm very, very grateful to work with. And so what kind of, is this like a string quartet group or what What are they all playing? So there are two voices. One will be raw voice, let us let me say. Uh, the other... Raw voice? Raw, like a voice, just a voice, as opposed to the other, which is, uh, will be also processed. What do you mean processed? Like live processed. <laughs> oh, like... Uh... Like like with uh with, with electronics with tr- yeah electronics yes uh like yeah. uh, like pitch shifting or something like and a- things like that and lo- lo- uh, using uh, loops and uh, pe- loop pedals and things like that so uh, okay so like all all like weird weird effects and things yeah okay yeah so there will be uh, there will be two very different types of voice uh, a violin a saxophone and a piano cool yeah so very. We bit of everything. Nice then. ensemble. Yes, exactly. It's very nice. So the music itself, we can't play it because actually the the concert is mm-hmm. going to be like the world premiere. Yeah. Of these pieces. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's very exciting. And really, it's, it's kind of crazy that it's happening here in Belfast. Yeah. Um, I guess the the reason it's happening in Belfast is because you're studying here and you're you're the person who's mm-hmm. brought this all together. Um. But Dr. G, mm-hmm. uh, the composer who you have unearthed, was actually Korean mm-hmm. and you're Korean yourself. Yeah. So is is that the link that then brings this Korean music from the 20th century into Belfast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's one link. And the other would be Gavin Pryor, who you previously quickly mentioned. So it was originally Gavin Pryor. Well, I keep saying Gavin Pryor. <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> he's based in Dublin currently and uh, he's, uh, he's a school teacher actually. But he's also an improvising musician, uh, a sound artist, composer, so all that. Very active in in music scene in in Dublin and Ireland. And he used to he he did live in South Korea as an English teacher, as a native speaker. Yeah. And there, that's when it happened. That's where it happened. He heard about Dr. G. Uh, the details of of this process will be also kind of you know revealed. In the show, but that's generally what happened. So he heard about this person who nobody knew, in a way, but he, but he thought he did very important things in mm. different ways, uh, either you know whether artistically, musically, or politically, socially. So he saw he saw this you know, very sp- special value in studying him, uh, studying Dr. G. So yeah, he spent some of his uh, life working on that and uh, and then he returned to Ireland uh, without really doing anything with it and we got to know each other actually here in so, so while I was in Belfast and uh, yeah he brought that subject to me and we kind of worked on reconstructing and restoring the pieces together and kind of putting together the narrative of his life in a way mm. based on the testimonies of people he met in Korea. So it's really interesting um, because we have all of these famous musicians that we know. Well, obviously in pop music, we have like the Beatles and all the ones that like One Direction. (laughs) Yep, they're all brilliant. And then sort of in the maybe more classical music side, 
like in the 20th century there was like Vaughn Williams and uh, Bartok and people and then we have the sort of experimental um, side of things with Steve Reich um, Terry Riley John Cage Philip Glass is somewhere in the middle I guess (laughs) right (laughs) yeah Um, but Dr. G is one of these characters that was kind of written out of history Mm -hmm. Um, it seems um, yeah maybe or just that the musicologists of the day were not taking notice of and hadn't until someone like Gavin and mm-hmm. maybe he was just lucky he was just that person who was interested in mm-hmm. that kind of experimental music who got chatting to the right people mm-hmm. well that is actually exactly what happened um he was very lucky but also he he was he, you know he was seriously interested i think in finding out about you know lesser known mm. composers or musicians that existed in Korea in 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 Korea in the past and uh, yeah he was he persistently went around asking around and so on but then in the end yeah he was lucky but yeah it came from his you know um the the desire and I can't find the right word but drive yeah the drive and yeah the passion to find out something that he wanted and yeah. He, yeah because these the, those big hitters in terms of you know the people who are constantly referenced um say like John Cage as uh front runners in experimental music uh it, it's all very westernized mm-hmm. um like people in the states people in the UK and some places around Europe I studied music at, at a university and then I guess I wasn't really shown any Korean composers mm-hmm. Um, is there is that something to do with this? Like we're just not, um, we're not being taught about people like Dr. G in schools, or what's the, where's the disconnect? Mm, partly, maybe yes. Uh, not in the case of Dr. G, because in case of Dr. G, nobody really, nobody really knew about him even in Korea. Oh, okay. But I, re- <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> I guess that's partly why I was interested in putting this show together here because that's you know yeah part of the topics in the show of the show I think and that's what that's also what Gavin really felt like that he really you know palpably felt Mm. like there are these things he did not know because of the you know because of the not just not because something was not important enough or not because something was you know essential but because of the temporal distance or geographical distance, there are things he didn't know, but he, you know, got to find out. And um, well, he, he yeah, he talks about that in the in the in the show as well, actually. So I wouldn't give so away too Gavin much. So was Gavin in the show himself? Uh, as a, as a video, yes. Oh, so like a, yeah, a, he a, will, a pre-recorded. Yeah, because he I don't yeah he cannot be there in person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, at least at least he's there in, yeah, in yeah. spirit or in yeah. di- digital spirit in digital on, spirit, on a video yeah. screen. So was Dr. G part of a wider musical scene in Korea uh, in terms of experimental music or contemporary music at the time or or was he looking further afield internationally mm. or was he just sort of out on his own doing his own thing how did how did he come about as a musician and where did he fit in in terms of the times the timeline of of western and yeah. international music well the the 
the records that exist now, I'm doing quote, quote. Air quotes are happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) The air Uh, quote records. Yeah. uh, Indicate that he was active again, quote, quote, (laughs) in 1930s and 40s around that time. And we also very early. Yeah. yeah, So we assume he was must have been born around the turn of the century then. So like 1900. (laughs) He uh, he wasn't a professional musician as such. Uh, the reasons he made music were somewhat different from the, I don't know, regular Western musicians, I would say. I don't know. So uh, there are there, there are different reasons and it was a different time uh, in even in Korea. Um, so, so what reasons was he making music for? What reasons? Do you mean apart from uh, fame and money? And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Or self-achievement, <laughs> <laughs> self-expression and, you know, finding yourself and la bohème, all that. So, yeah, he had other reasons. Uh, and what were his reasons? His reasons were the greater good. <laughs> okay. So, like, I, that, like a that's, so, that's, social, uh, social improvement yeah, sort of thing? Yeah, but that's okay. also my interpretation and, and Gavin's really. But it's the, it's for, for instance, things like the, this are, you know, Things that we had to put together, or that we did, yeah, put together, and uh, yeah, that that'll be all in the story in the show. Well, we've talked sort of abstractly about this this composer and this music, and you've re- reconstructed these scores. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about the scores themselves and yeah. the pieces themselves, because from what I gather, it's not traditional musical notation with notes on a stave that you know represent melodies that mm-hmm. are to be replayed the same every time yeah the pieces are mostly based on graphic scores and uh, text scores or uh, or event scores as you whatever you like to call it and i mean you know text scores you work with well i mean scores. i do yes, yeah yes um maybe maybe our listeners don't yeah um but uh say Say for a piece of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a graphic score would be if a composer drew mostly uh, abstract shapes, lines, different visual cues that can be musicalized. Yes, like uh, so. It's actually it's kind of just uh, the composer reinventing the wheel, for want of a better word. So yeah. the, the the original notes, the musical notes that we all recognize, they are graphics that represent musical ideas mm-hmm. yeah. but for an individual graphic score a composer might invent his own new set or his, her own new sets mm-hmm. God, that was really bad of me to just say his own his or her or their own uh, set of rules that mm-hmm. a performer could interpret as music yeah exactly yes <laughs> and likewise verbal <laughs> verbal scores or a text score or an, an mm-hmm. event score it could just be like play an a for four minutes yeah and it would be literally just written out in yes. a sentence form yeah. and i love that kind of Mm-hmm. music yes, yes that's the do. kind of thing we do with belfast city choir mm-hmm. so yeah the scores then uh the scores we restored are mostly graphic or text-based um partly because uh those scores are based on the test testimonies of these people that gavin met with and gathered you know, information okay. from uh but also we believe Dr. G chose chose specifically not to work with uh, traditional Western musical notation. And what brought you to that conclusion? Again, it's the the re- the reason we assume he did make music 
uh, which is because people could not read music notation. It wasn't a yeah. common thing, common skill that people possessed. I, I mean, I reckon it was the same everywhere, really. Mm. Only, you know, people who could afford to be educated in music from early on could really read sure. musical notation and so on. I mean, by now it's really, it's it's rather common that, you know, people, can, it's it's probably more common now anyway. Yeah, I think in, in primary schools here, at least yeah. there's uh, there's tuition and how to read music and people get their tin whistles and their recorders <laughs> oh <my> out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the xylophone um, mm-hmm. and create a racket. So you're saying Dr. G, instead of taking that for granted, mm-hmm. instead of taking the knowledge of how to read music for granted, he would think of different ways to... Yeah represent music yeah, exactly so hence the greater good <laughs> ah yeah. i see I, that's kind of why i started using verbal scores as well right. so that audience members wouldn't be intimidated mm-hmm. right. um, by by the you know people are people are taught a lot of the times when they're very young that they're either musical or not yeah and uh, when we did belfast city choir that was sort of the impetus to uh, make it that people who maybe had been told they weren't musical could become musical mm-hmm. All right. uh, by not having to read notes and mm-hmm. do their own thing. See, so a bit of Dr. J and you. Dr. D. Dr. J, <laughs> Dr. D. Dr. We don't JD. Know, but, <laughs> Dr. JD, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great as well, because actually a J and a D, if you kind of mix them up, it is G. a G. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, Dr. D is not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Maybe could you actually? I know I know the perf- the pieces themselves are being premiered, mm-hmm. so we we can't actually listen to any of them now. Mm, no. And if even if we did, because they're of that open nature where the yeah. performers are often improvising, um, it would be different listening mm-hmm. to it listening to it on the podcast versus uh at the actual event because yeah. you know the the performers could improvise differently each time. But mm-hmm. could we? You maybe talk us through some of the pieces Mm -hmm. to give us an idea of maybe the kind of music or maybe references to some kind of things we maybe would know yeah well interestingly enough uh the pieces that that will be performed do actually have some sort of possible references in the actual music history that exists uh we we should have actual in air quotes as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, yes. the commonly recognized <laughs> okay, musical yes. canon. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Things you can find out about in Wikipedia, for instance. Ah yeah. yes, okay. Yeah. Uh so we'll uh, we'll will will cube uh cube uh will be playing seven pieces. Uh they are called I'm just gonna go through the titles. Forest, Doors, Letters, Typewriter. Game, breathe, and imagine. So these are the seven pieces. And um, to begin with, the first piece will be forest. A forest deals with fundamentally environmental sound. Uh, again, this is my interpretation and and Gavin's and also Cube. I mean, uh, Cube and I worked on the interpretation of the scores together. Uh, they were just. Yeah, unbelievably helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very, very uh, productive. So our interpretation is that this piece is about environmental sound. Uh, uh, forest mean well, it's about the you know, sound of the forest, being in the forest, um, and conveying the you know the atmosphere of the forest through improvisation. 
So are the real natural sounds of the forest in the piece? No, uh, that is partly the point. So the, the performers would not per se, but try to imitate uh, the texture, the timbre of the sound of the forest. So it's it's like uh, it's another version of the forest, oh, okay. the sonic version cool. of the forest. Yeah, and the second piece is doors. Uh, this piece is exactly the one that is that will be uh, performed based on graphic notation. Okay. And the doors, it's called doors because they're based on doors. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the the actual musical, well, musical notes or the graphics. Yes. Are are based on doors. Hi. Yeah. So well, we did hear from these lovely people that Gavin met with. Um, that they played music according to what the patterns on the doors in Korea then looked like. Ah. So we gathered some information, visual information, uh, well, meaning photos. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we kind of yeah, tried to fill in the gaps uh, in terms of how this could be trans- translated into you know, performable graphic notations. And... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a BT piece. Let's say it's a what? It's a BT. It's a upbeat piece. <laughs> oh, it's got a beat to it. It's like oh up, yeah. It's an up tempo. Yeah. Is it banging? Well, ish. Well, ish. Yeah, <laughs> banging. Is this um. the top soft moment of the, the, the thing? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I think there'll be other uh, other moments. Okay. Proper for, for <laughs> yeah for that. Cool. <laughs> then and we have letters. Uh, this piece is based on the Korean letters. So we have 24 letters, 26 letters <laughs> in, <laughs> in Korean in Korean language. Wait, we have 26 in the English language too. Yeah, I know. So that's why I'm confused <laughs> if it's 24 or 26. <laughs> it's something like that. You don't remember? No, not apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different system, right? Yeah, it's a completely different system. Uh, well, in a way, it's similar because people ask me if Korean was like Chinese where they have like a character for a, for a f- phonetic like that one character is one thing mm-hmm. but for us it's more like Latin based language a language in the sense that the letters will be assembled to uh, be turned into characters it's a relationship between them yeah sort of. between each other yeah each other so uh, but then so because of that, the each letter won't mean anything. I mean, B doesn't really mean anything, yeah. or F they don't really mean anything. So they need to p- they need to be uh, put together to make sense. But in this piece, the just only the letters are taken, and uh, will be interpreted musically, uh, which was then de- uh, done by the performers themselves for them for themselves as well. And uh, yeah, this will be played according to some instructions mm. and uh, yeah this kind the, the the principle of the piece resembles the one found in in a lot of minimalist music I could say sure. and a good example would be uh, Terry Riley's piece in C which is a piece where which can have as many performers as possible or or, or desired and they're they're Sets of a sets of notes, 
sets of notes that can be repeated as many time, times as, as desired. And uh, they, it's all in C scale, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah, in C is a, a great piece. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing with the timeline, Dr. G would have written this piece letters a, a long time ahead of, of the, like, the American minimalists, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it would be about third, 20, 30 years at least. Wow. Um, and, and their whole bag, the, like Steve Reich and Terry <laughs> Riley, was about repetition, 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 mm-hmm. and finding groove, and um, sort of looking at, I think it was Steve Reich particularly who was interested in mm-hmm. um, the drumming beats emerging from Ghana, right? Right. But Terry Riley was, I think he was a bit more about getting blissed out by repetition, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It seemed that um, there's been loads of versions of NC actually. Maybe it'd be nice to play a little bit of NC for our listeners for no other reason than I think it's probably one of the more recent big recordings of it. But African Express did a recording of NC um, with a load of African musicians uh, recently. So you'll hear that repetition of certain instruments playing the same phrase over and over and a sort of slowly evolving thing. And I'm guessing is that this is the kind of thing yeah uh, the kind of process that um, you'll hear in mm-hmm. Dr. G's letters yeah well yeah you couldn't really compare the the, the actual you know sound produced uh, but yes the principle is the same uh, basically So that was a little excerpt of uh, African Express performing Terry Riley's NC for no other reason than I really like it. (laughs) And it kind of, uh, I guess, demonstrates, as uh, Una said, the process or Mm -hmm. the kind of process that uh, Dr. G was looking at Mm -hmm. um, that was later adopted by uh, the American minimalists like Terry Riley. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, then a piece that was inspired by the, the object that is the typewriter. So, uh, um, Dr. G, uh, again, so just from what we heard, he owned a typewriter and uh, he would uh, uh, play with it quite a lot. And he came to the point that he he made a piece uh, inspired by the sound of the typewriter and more like uh, by the the mechanics of the typewriter, okay. I think, actually. And, like uh, the, the typing motion. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and the and the sound then that it makes. Ah. Yeah, but in in this piece, uh, so the text is also. Uh, I mean, obviously, typewriter is used to type text. It's right to it's uh, used to write text. So text also plays a role in the piece. Um, can I couldn't really think of any other piece known to me that I could compare this to. He's out on his own with this one, is he? Yeah, and you'll just, yeah, <laughs> people will just have to come and listen. So maybe are the musicians, <laughs> are they actually recreating the sounds of the typewriter like they are with the environmental sounds um, from the forest piece earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not per se. It's more about the 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 action of typewriting uh, and the, okay. the mechanics of it 
how you, well, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna make the sound of the typewriter on the table now here, uh, but yeah, the way each letter is then uh, typed with one motion mm. and one sound. So a lot of these um, pieces of music, it, it's it sounds highly conceptual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it it seems like it's more about uh, giving. Um, like hand, handing over a process mm-hmm. um, or a meaning of something mm-hmm. to the musicians and then they have to work out how it sounds. Yeah, I can imagine the sound that uh, these things, you know, these pieces made uh, was uh, in a way secondary to Dr. Mm. G because, you know, he made these pieces for these specific purposes like, you know, uh, help uh, enable the people who cannot read music to play music and so on so for him I think it was more about doing these things were they were they written for specific instruments originally do you think or no you, you've, I said, you've said yeah. that this ensemble that's going to be playing it at Sark at mm-hmm. Sonic Arts Research Centre yeah. in Belfast is what two vocalists a saxophon a saxophonist mm-hmm. a violinist and a piano player mm-hmm. yeah is that so the no, kind of ensemble? It, was there a set ensemble I didn't, for this no, kind of music? No, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I uh, again, we do know from what we heard that he did work with uh, professional musicians as well. But in general, his pieces wouldn't. You know, there is no requirement in for any specific set of instruments or things like that. Okay, and uh, which is a pretty wacky idea for the time that it was written. Uh, in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think for him, people were more like human entities were more important than what instruments they played. Was it Messiaen with the uh, quartet for the end of time that was written for just the available instruments? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that was written in a concentration camp where, you know, there wasn't uh, just an orchestra available or whatever hard hands you could get. It was literally Mm -hmm. written for the people who he could assemble in that jail. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a quartet clarinet violin and uh, cello and a piano mm. yeah well, that was a quartet of instruments there is there's another piece that mm-hmm. uh, and you, you gave me a heads up for this that we're actually going to ask the listeners mm-hmm. to perform themselves yeah. in in the show yeah no but before that uh, there is actually another piece that oh, okay. would be nice to talk about uh so that this one is game and it re- it literally involves a game and uh this is something I could call uh, is chance based. Chance so, based. Chan- chance based. <laughs> yes. Chance based. Oh, like a game of chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. a random. Yeah. And like a random th- thing. Throwing dices or that kind of thing. Okay. And uh, so this this technique, tactic, whatever, was often deployed by John Cage. Yes. As, well, as one of the musicians we mentioned uh, already. And uh, yeah, he's kind of famous for this, um, yeah. you know, chance-based music, I Ching, Dice, and all of that. And uh, well, in this piece, we actually haven't mentioned that you'll be in the show as well. We haven't, and I, 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 I know what, I just about realized that, that yeah. I should, uh, you should have actually told me. I Sorry. completely forgot to say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to be involved in the piece. I am going to uh, do some narration, but mm-hmm. I've yet to actually see the script. That's why I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but but I'm, I'm going to do some some narration f- um, just um, 
expounding some of your research yeah, um, yeah, exactly. and just just talking through the audience with that because mm-hmm. you're not able to do that yourself you're in the ensemble yeah, as well performing yeah. um but part of my role will be mm-hmm. playing the game this game yes there's exactly. an act this, this game of chance yeah but it's this, not rolling dice no no it's a, it's a, 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 Kore- a korean traditional game called well it's called yut yunori yunori yut yut mm-hmm so Nori is game, so it's like uh, youth game, yeah. Uh, and it consists of throwing four sticks that have front and back sides, basically. And uh, so the number of the back sides flipped determines the number of... Well, I mean, sorry, it's a board game as well. So that the number of the sticks turned over determines the steps you can make on the yeah. board, basically. Yeah. So the sticks together... Um, depending on which way they flip, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like a dice, really. But yeah. it's a group of sticks that gives you the number, mm-hmm. the outcome. Yeah. And the the gameplay board is, I guess, it's a bit like the way you play. It's a bit like snakes and ladders because you can get thrown back, but you can you try to keep going forward and mm-hmm. get to the end. But you could get thrown back on the way by some other players. Yeah. Kind of like Ludo snakes and ladders kind of right, thing. Right. Yeah. Okay, I don't really know them, but yeah. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine, yes, that's like, yeah, it's a but where very does, common. Where does the music come in? Uh, yeah, the the performers, the uh, ensemble will... Um, the, so the things that will be played, depending on the number of the flip sticks, me or John get... Uh, me. Yes. <laughs> Not John okay. Cage. <laughs> no, 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 John Darcy, yes, sorry. Uh, John Darcy or Una. Yeah, get um, tell. Uh, so they are. I forgot what I uh, how I began the sentence. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, he's talking about abstract conceptual music for forty minutes, oh and God, yeah. <laughs> just, it starts to go. Yeah. So anyway, the performers have notes according to the number of the sticks we get flipped. Okay. Uh, and that determines what kind of variation they would play on a theme that they are given. Ah, so it's variation on a theme of Mm -hmm. chance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) taking a chance. Yes. Okay. Well, we I have to let you go soon because I think you're in the middle of rehearsals and all things. Mm -hmm. If you you have a music theater, not musical theater piece, you have a music theater piece. Musical theater is next. On the (laughs) should be chance hands. Yeah, not jazz hands. Chance hands. hands. Uh, But before we go. Um, and I'm really excited about this. Mm-hmm. You're going to, uh, I guess, play a little game, but mm-hmm. not really a game. This is one of the pieces you're going to premiere, really, yeah. um, a little portion of one of Dr. G's mm-hmm. scores that you've reconstructed. You're going to give that to our audience so that they can perform it in their own home mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Or whether you're in the car, in the shower, uh, <laughs> probably not. And I don't know. I don't know where's best for this. Um, but is there a, is, there, is there a perfect setting? But not in a shower. Not in the shower. No. <laughs> in just a regular room, probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably not whilst driving, because I think no, you need both hands both for hands, this one. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe you can explain it to our listeners. Yeah. So the piece is, you know, it's you perform it for yourself, basically. So it involves you listening to yourself, well, kind of conceptually, and uh, the piece is called "Breathe, Breathe, Breathe." And I'm going to go over the go through the instructions that so that you can you know, in your own time uh, can perform this. So I'm going to go through the instructions first, and you can 
feel free to stop the podcast and perform it for yourself. Oh yeah, pro podcast work <laughs> there, you know. So yes, listeners, if you want to uh, do this piece, Una's about to read the instructions and then when she's finished in the instructions, uh, you can um, take a little moment, pause the podcast, and we'll leave like five or ten seconds of uh, dead air of us just sort of sitting around in the studio. Uh, but you can pause that if you want to go on for longer. What what's is there a, is there a a good duration mm. like one or two minutes maybe as long as you yeah, feel yeah but two minutes maybe yeah I guess the idea behind this is is really to get into your own headspace and yeah. and just sort of have a little exploration yeah and uh, in terms of the listening mm-hmm. process yeah exactly cool so Unali. With the reconstructed instructions mm-hmm. of Dr. G's breathe, here they are. Breathe. First, close your ears with your index fingers. Stay still for a moment. Then start breathing slowly. After a moment, change the speed and listen to the sound of your breath. Then start humming and listen so you can put your fingers over your ears now and begin I wonder if anyone actually did that mm. <laughs> Well, I'll never know. <laughs> you are listening to The Jewel Case <laughs> with me, John Darcy, and my guest at this time is Una Lee. Una, I'm really glad that you came in and told us a little bit about mm-hmm. the undocumented tale yeah. of Dr. G. It sounds like a really exciting project. I'm really happy to be involved, mm-hmm. as little as involved I've been until now. I think I'm going to go to rehearsal mm-hmm. soon. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this yeah. uh, narration part that Get I have ready. to give. Just to recap... The performance is on the 18th of May, uh, Thursday evening at the Sonic Arts Research Centre in Belfast. That's on uh, Chlorine Park. Uh, it starts at 7.30. Uh, will there be like nibbles, wine or anything like that? After the show. Yeah, After the, re- the show. reception. Yeah. That's so you can take part, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the scores, the reconstructed scores, which were reconstructed by you yourself, mm-hmm. Unali, uh, in and consultation Gavin. with Gavin Pryor. Yes. Yeah. Um, they are being performed by yourself and Cube, the Cube mm-hmm. Ensemble. Um, really exciting young musicians. And uh, I will be doing the narration. I'm just reading to the poster here right now. If you want to just not listen to me read it and find out about mm-hmm. it, the event page is on Facebook, the undocumented tale of Dr. G. Una, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners um, in advance of the show? Oh, no, I think we've covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean anything they want to know is probably going to be answered in the show yeah, itself, right? Yeah. Who who is Dr. G? Yes. I've been I've been asked so many times, but you'll have to come and find out for yourself. Well, thanks again, <laughs> Una. Again, listeners, you have been listening to The Jewel Case with me, John Darcy. And as I said at the top of the show, we're not sure how uh regularly uh we will be will be putting up new episodes in the coming weeks, months, years. Um I'll be back with one, I'm sure in the next coming weeks, months or years. Uh, But with who, I don't know, hopefully covering um, exciting uh, cultural and creative happenings in Belfast and the wider Belfast and the Northern Irish 
area. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, please uh, drop me a line on Twitter at underscore John Darcy. It's the same on Instagram and uh, you can find me on Facebook too or email johndarcymusic at gmail.com. All the old episodes of The Jail Case are at thejailcase.johndarcy.com. If you want to hear the episode with the previous appearance of Una Lee talking about the Sound Art Festival that took place last year, um, it is episode 30. Um, so just scroll down you can find all the old episodes there's uh, some with local bands local authors theater makers wrestlers rappers cheese makers uh, people who don't really do anything like my friend Kieran Logue I'm only joking Kieran I'm just checking if you're listening to get a, an angry text back from me here okay I'm stalling because I'm not sure when the next episode is going to be and I don't want to let go quite yet however we will finish and I usually finish with a song, a mm-hmm. piece of music. Yeah. Or something weird. Right. <laughs> I think the last time you were here, we ended with a bit of Tristan's um, weird improvised yeah. uh, synthesizer mm-hmm. piece. But today we're going to finish with something a little bit different. We've been right. talking a lot about John Cage. Yeah. And we've also been talking about environmental sound mm-hmm. as well to do with the work of Dr. G. And because we can't play any recordings of Dr. G's work, we thought maybe mm. we'll, go, we'll go to John Cage, who's maybe a big, big hitter. Yeah. Um, pe- people might recognize uh, the name of this piece, 433, mm-hmm. um, the famous John Cage piece, which is actually uh, Silence. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing for the performer to play. I think a couple of years ago, there was a Facebook campaign to try and get it to UK number one on Christmas Day. All right. Um, yes. <laughs> in the pop charts uh, because there are recordings of it uh, mm-hmm. and the idea with 433 is that the uh, performer you know goes on stage um, and if it's a pianist opens the piano lid um, but just sits for four mm-hmm. minutes and 33 seconds yeah. and then leaves yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there's been so many performances of it mm-hmm. in different places and spots around uh, around the world why don't we just do one here yeah, at the Sonic Arts Research Centre so uh We're going to set up a microphone uh, maybe just outside Mm -hmm. uh, at the entrance to Sark here. Um, It's coming up to five o'clock, so people will be coming backwards and forwards. And we'll just hear the natural sounds that emerge. How's that sound? Would Dr. G have enjoyed that? Yeah, of course. (laughs) From what you can gather. Yeah, from what I can gather. It's the ideal ending.